When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, welcome back to another edition of the 49ers Rush Podcast. This episode, we are going to be breaking down the defense and offensive line and our recent loss to the Chargers. Man, tough, heartbreaking game. We lost 29-27, and if you want to hear the offense, go back to the episode right before this we already broke them down on Sunday usually what I like to do is get an episode out as soon as the game is over but I I like to watch the film at least three times through before I jump on here so do the offense on Sunday then usually wait two or three days get the defense out then later in the week we'll have our scout Clayton on scouting our upcoming opponent and that's what's going to be coming out the rest of the week so without further ado let's get into defensive MVP I am going with the pick six man himself, Anton Exum Jr. He played up and down. (laughs) He came out as pro football focus fifth rated defender for us. But just the fact that he played every single snap that we had from the strong safety position and graded out positive. You know, his stats are not amazing. He only had two total tackles and he had some missed tackles. This is one thing that he's going to have to step up. But, you know, getting that pick six right off the bat on the opening series was just game changing. It it kept us in the game and actually, you know, we felt like we were going to walk away with a win there of 14 to nothing. But, you know, slowly they came back. The Chargers are the Chargers and they eventually get the win. But real quick, what I want to do is just go over a drive summary. They had 12 drives. Again, as I mentioned, they open up the game. The pick six on the first drive, it was awesome. We have started so slow for the past year and a half on defense in particular. So it was great to come out and kind of, you know, assert our will on this offense. The second drive, three and out. Uh, We got two back-to-back pressures by Ruben Foster uh, to force bad passes. And the crazy thing is we blitzed Ruben Foster five times in this game. That's it. And he had the best pass rush grade. I don't know why we are not blitzing more. Uh, This front four for the 49ers, cannot generate pressure. Even DeForest Buckner, his numbers have been awful the past two games. He had two hurries this game. That's it. That is not sufficient. We have to generate pressure through scheme and through blitzing. I wish we would do more of that. Third drive, they come out. 54-yard field goal attempt was no good. And so the first three drives, zero points. That's amazing. Uh, Then things start to change. 
The fourth drive, they get a touchdown to a wide open Gates. This was a huge problem, miscommunication. What happened was they had the tight end gate split out, and Aquilo was on the split out outside of that, and Reuben Foster was on Gates, and it seemed like Aquilo <laughs> was playing man coverage and Foster was playing zone. So somebody was wrong there. We don't know who, but regardless, it gave up a touchdown pass there. The next drive, touchdown to Eckler. They isolated him one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. It was an empty set, and, man, I, I really do not want one-on-one -on -one situation on the outside. He just got beat on a go route. Um, so, anyway, the sixth drive, they get a field goal right before the half, so that's three straight drives with points. That's not okay. The half ends. They come out for their seventh drive, and they pick up right where they left off. Touchdown to Gordon after one of the worst zone coverage ever seen and again this goes against Aquila Witherspoon and it goes against our whole team to be honest with you we run a single high cover three format and we even run underneath coverage and we mix it up sometimes too to do kind of a cover two cover three hybrid where we'll roll over to the heavy receiver side but the problem is this if you're in zone coverage your job is to defend a space whatever space that is whether you're in the flats whether you're deep uh, whether you're right in the middle it hook to curl zone doesn't matter the problem is whenever somebody comes into your area it's no longer okay to guard the area. You then adapt to man coverage. When, whenever somebody is within your zone, you play man. And we do not do this as a defense. This is a huge flaw because we'll have guys sit and they'll just plant their feet and look at the receiver who is open three yards in front of them and just be content with that. Well, I'm in my area. This is okay which allows for a quarterback like Phillip Rivers as a crazy quick delivery to get the ball to his wide receiver. And our mindset is, well, we'll close on it and then make a tackle. That doesn't work. It just doesn't work in the NFL. Um, we have a very inexperienced secondary, and it is showing continuously. And I think this is a scheme-based issue and a coaching problem. Our defensive side is not coached well. We're just not. And it doesn't help that we have a lot of inexperienced players out there. You combine youth with poor coaching and missed tackles and blown assignments is what you're going to get. And that's what we continue to get. It's not getting better. The missed tackle issue is huge. We are still leading the entire NFL in missed tackles. We have to fix these issues, and we're not fixing them. So uh, sorry about the complaints. Let's get back on it. Now, after the touchdown to Gordon, they get a field goal after a three and out. And I will say this. This is after the interception with the big return. Should have been a pick six. But, you know, we got some great effort. Gary Gilliam, uh, I'm going to dog him later on. But great effort, you know, chasing down almost 80 yards the opposite side for a tackle to get in on the tackle to stop the touchdown was huge. And we hold him to a field goal. That was a huge win for the defense. Then after that, punt the 10th drive punt after Mabin came in Mabin was legit the number one overall rated player for our defense he came in in spot duty uh, my guess is he will be starting next week I hope he will be the 11th drive they get a field goal after 21 yards you know Gordon broke every tackle ever we got really really tired it seemed like we were tackling pretty well in the first half but as the game went on it got worse worse and worse and then the final 12th uh, defensive drive we held them to a punt and we just didn't do anything with it so that that's kind of the drive summary and man in the middle of it we started off great but then fourth drive touchdown fifth drive touchdown sixth drive 
field goal, seventh drive touchdown, eighth drive field goal, one, two, three, four, five, six, six straight drives with points. And that's just not going to cut it. You cannot do that. You can't allow six straight drives. We did the exact same thing against the Chiefs. We allowed six drives of all touchdowns, and then we decided to buckle down. We have to be consistent. We just have to be consistent. So uh, real quick, let's talk about our sponsor. Uh, My bookie, they are just, I love these guys. Uh, I like to bet, and they're a safe place to bet with. If you know what you're doing, you know, they have prop bets on everything. And the best thing about this site is when you win, they pay you. So all you got to do is just head over to MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And whenever you start an account there, whatever you deposit initially to set up your account, they're going to match it. Just use my promo code, or our promo code, I apologize, R-U-S-H-1-0-0. They will match your initial deposit dollar for dollar. Head over there. That's my bookie. And again, when you win, you don't have to worry about anything. You're going to get your money. So let's get into the players and kind of how they graded out. I just tweeted out Pro Football Focus top five and bottom five, which I want to focus on for our defense. Number one, as I said, Greg Maben. <laughs> How great is that? He only got 29 snaps, so right at about 50% of the snaps. He came in when Jimmy Ward got benched. And crazy thing is, Jimmy Ward did not play good, but he played pretty well for Jimmy Ward's standards. I would prefer to have Maben in just because there's some upside there. There's zero upside with Jimmy Ward. It's just not his game football. It's <laughs> just not for him. So Greg Maben comes in, gets 29 snaps, and played very, very well. Three and a half tackles, um, two isolated run stops, gets a forced fumble, and even, man, his coverage was legit. The only player, <laughs> the only player for the entire 49ers team to allow less than a 40, uh, 50% catch rate, he was targeted five times and only allowed two catches for 18 yards, and two yards after the catch. I mean, he was there. So I'm pretty excited to see what he is going to do because as of right now, we have Richard Sherman. That is all. The cornerback position, it's Sherman or bust. Akilo Witherspoon, he's in the bottom five. He had a 62.9 grade. He has allowed a league high four touchdown receptions against him. He's the fifth most targeted player in the entire NFL, which makes it even worse because he's missed time due to injury. So even though he's out time, he is getting targeted and picked on by everybody. He was targeted eight times in this game, allowed five catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. And I really think he should have that other touchdown on him as well because that's whenever him and Reuben Foster messed up. If he would have stayed in his outside zone, it would have been just a simple switch route, but that's what it is. So congrats to Maven. He played amazing. Eric Armstead, the he had an 82.4 grade. And his what he does is everything in the run game. Eric Armstead is a run-stuffing defensive end. And if you can get any pressures, then great. Um, that's bonus. And he ended up leading our entire team in pressures with four, which was awesome. You know, we, we didn't get to the quarterback very much in this game. Sheldon Day had the only sack. But outside of that, Sheldon Day played very, very bad. But Eric Armstead, absolutely awesome job. His stats are never going to be great, but he's just a positive player that you have out there. I understand a lot of the 49ers fan base can't stand him because he was a first-round pick. I get it. Uh, we need to forget that. 
He is a positive player on a very bad defense. Eric Armstead is not the issue. <laughs> he's not the issue. Uh, it's just, he's just not. DJ Jones only got 17 snaps, but he was the third highest rated player. And again, if we compare him to Earl Mitchell, they're pretty much the same guy. Neither one of them really stood out. They were graded very, very similarly. Um, DJ Jones had a 76, and Earl Mitchell had a 70. And neither one of them are big stat guys. Earl Mitchell got two tackles. DJ Jones got one. So that's kind of where it is. They Basically, they get great in the middle on occupying blockers and getting penetration. Cassius March, who I have dogged over and over again, uh, he comes out as the fourth-rated player. And really, I, I feel like the... The coaching staff is finally starting to understand. He had his lowest number of snaps, which was great, 28 snaps, whereas he hadn't had any other game where he was less than, I think, 44. And this is where he needs to be. He is a role player. He's not an every-down guy. And so the fact that he only got 28 snaps, he was effective um, somewhat. He he only got two, only got one hurry and one tackle, but he didn't grade out negatively. Usually he gets blown off the ball and just is a non-factor, but uh, congrats. I, I really appreciate Marsh playing a role. That's what we have to do with these defenders. And if we look at that, Solomon Thomas is the flip side of that. The second worst rated player. He didn't play well. He hasn't played well all year. Uh, 49 snaps, and he only got one hurry. Uh, he had two tackles, and that's it. The, the only thing that you could say about Solomon Thomas in this game was that he didn't have a missed tackle. This is his highest-graded game ever by tackling, and that's a 71 grade, which is just average for a starter. This is his highest grade ever. So props on fixing the tackling, but just no pressures whatsoever. He only has six pressures on the entire year. That's not okay. I, I don't understand. So if we look at what he's done the entire year, okay, Solomon Thomas has played 163 snaps. He only has six hurries. That's one hurry per 27 snaps, zero sacks, six missed tackles. Oh, sorry, six total tackles, four missed tackles. And we just keep putting him out there in the same position. Everybody, whenever he was drafted, said he needs to play on the inside, needs to play on the inside. We have refused to do this. And I know I'm going to get flack for this. And people don't like it whenever I talk bad about our third overall pick last year. I understand. It's not working. It's not working. You have to stop playing him outside. If that means don't play him, that's okay. He's a bust if we keep him out there. We are ruining this kid's career. I think that he is talented. I really, really do. But you don't draft a five tech and make him play the Leo position. It's not working. You have a year and a half of seeing that it doesn't work. Stop it. Trade him for a sec trade him for a fifth rounder. I wouldn't care. Or play him where he needs to play. At some point you have to say, we're ruining this kid's career. Um, I do think that he can be effective, but this just isn't working. So I hope that they change something. Right now, as you can tell, I'm pretty pissed about our defensive coaches because what they are doing is not working. Our defense is absolutely garbage. Anyway, moving on. Fred Warner. Um, he was our worst-rated defender with the 53 grade, and I think a lot of that had to do with the passing game. And again, you're leaving this guy one-on-one -on -one with Austin Eckler, Melvin Ingram, Antonio Gates. That's coaching. That's coaching. He was targeted four times. All four were caught for 51 yards and a touchdown. Um, he was great tackling. You know, he got 10 total tackles, and I guess the main problem is... I, I, just coverage, which I, I get it. 
The reason why we drafted him in the third round was because we wanted him to be a coverage linebacker, but that doesn't mean you stick him out there in one-on-one coverage. Give the guy some help. We are, we're playing bad because of our coaching, guys. That's, that's a big deal. We, we've got to fix that. Um, Ruben Foster played pretty well. You know, obviously got some pass rush uh, right off the bat, but several missed tackles. This is kind of the problem. A couple missed tackles, and he got torched in the passing game as well. We keep playing our linebackers one-on-one against these skill guys, and you got to give it to the Chargers. They have some of the best skill position players in the entire NFL. He was targeted six times, gave up four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. I think that touchdown should be on a kilo, but that's just me. So, Kawan Williams played pretty well again he was he had pretty tough duty he was on Keenan Allen one of the best route runners in the NFL the entire time and so that that was kind of an issue there and Buckner who I really haven't talked about two games in a row just being completely quiet two tackles two hurries that's it nothing outside of that so we definitely have to step up on defense a couple things let's just go over total stats kind of how we did as a whole you know we only allowed 368 total yards. You can win allowing that in the NFL. The area that we can't win in is only getting one sack. (laughs) That's not okay. And again, we lost the turnover battle. So we had two interceptions. We threw two interceptions. They only threw one. We cashed that one in for a pick six, which was great. But you cannot lose the sack battle and you cannot lose the turnover battle and expect to win on the road versus a decent team. Uh, One of the best things is third down and probably hats off to this defense. This is the number one stat for us. They only converted four of 14 third downs. That is unreal. Uh, Usually the measuring stick for third down conversions is 50%. If you hold them to under that, that's great. Anything over that, you need to step your game up. And this was unreal. Four for 14 we played well enough to win this game. That's just the reality of the situation. Now, penalties weren't too bad. We only had four penalties for 29 yards. They had five for 49. I think we only lost the or won the penalty battle two times all of last year. So we were four, uh, two for 14. So hopefully this will continue for us here. Now, let's jump over real quick to offensive line. It was bad. <laughs> it was really, really bad. So right off the bat, here we go. Gary Gilliam, he's bad. He's really, really, really bad. If we look at whenever he came in, when Joe Staley went down, he got 37 snaps. And in those 37 snaps, it just it, it was it got bad super, super quick. So out of 37 snaps, only 29 of those were in pass protection, and he allowed five pressures. He got C.J. Beathard hit twice. And he got him hit additional time, but it was a penalty that wiped out the play. But it's still, that's the thing. You can't come in. We knew who Gary Gilliam was before we got him. We knew who he was last year. And we just have refused to upgrade our swing tackle, the back, the backup tackle position. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. On top of that, I don't understand whenever our left tackle goes down, we completely abandon the running game and leave this horrible left tackle out there just to do pass protection. That's not okay. That's not okay. Anyway, on top of that, um, our other tight end, as I've talked about, Garrett Selleck, he was the worst graded player for either side, offense, defense, 49ers, Chargers, and the entire thing. I talked about how bad he was last game. Uh, It was refreshing to see Pro Football Focus agree with me. Not that I'm glad that Garrett Selleck played bad, but he just played terrible. Uh, He got a 34.7 grade. Holy cow, that is just 
That's abysmal. Joe Staley played amazing. The snaps that he was in there, he wasn't in there very much. He only got the 23 snaps before he got injured. And the good news is it's not looking like it's going to be serious. It's looking like he might be able to play this week, and we have to have him. If Joe Staley's not in there, he might be the – he's one of the most valuable players we have. Definitely top three for sure. You could have said Jimmy G. <laughs> you, you could have said the running back that we paid all that money for, Jarek McKinnon. You could have said Richard Sherman. Oh, wait a second. All three of those guys are out. So oh, let's just keep moving on. But Joe Staley, while he was in there, didn't allow one pressure whatsoever. Absolute phenomenal. Uh, Mike Pearson played great. Again, 60 snaps, no pressures allowed. Amazing. Eric Magnuson came in for three snaps because, man, Eric, uh, Mike McGlinchey went down for a little bit. But in his three snaps, he did just fine. I wish we'd put uh, Eric Magnuson out there at right tackle and McGlinchey at left tackle and just leave Gilliam on the bench if that's what we're going to do. But, again, this just shows you the lack of depth that we have on the offensive side we've already had a game where we lost all our guards and now we've got a game where we lost both our tackles it's it's not okay richburg played terrible he got he gave up three pressures allowed uh one hit against the quarterback and his run game was not that great either so he graded with a 67 in pass protection and a 47 and run blocking so that was not great there Mike McGlinchey played pretty well but gave up two hurries overall man he's just been wonderful I don't know how he toughed it out with his knee injury but he's just a beast Lakin Tomlinson gave up four pass rush fat pass pressures four hurries that's that's not okay that that is very very bad so that will bring a close to our recap game which we just want to be done with anyway right so we lose 29 to 27 against the chargers next week i'm excited this is beyond a winnable game probably the easiest game on our entire roster but it isn't a divisional opponent we play the cardinals at home this week at 1:25 p.m pacific stay with us here in just a couple days we'll have another episode out previewing the game going over notes injuries all that kind of stuff who's practicing who's not and making sure you guys are ready for this sunday's action stay strong faithful Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.